war. You can talk to God, go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock. You can move a mountain, you can break rocks. You can be a master, don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 48 for Thursday, January 24th. I'm Alex Uwe, here today with Alex Rudy. How you doing, man? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And today we How are... How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank thank you for returning the, the question back my way. Feel like... I'm sorry it created an interruption awkwardly. <laughs> no, I'm just excited because today we're going to be talking about the Hall of Fame. And we have a unanimous Hall of Famer. And it is the first one ever and I could not be happier with who it is. So deserving. Mariano Rivera, greatest closer of all time, is 100% in the eyes of the Baseball Writers Association anyway, a Hall of Famer. 100% of the Hall of Fame vote. First time ever. I, I don't know how many more times I need to reiterate that. That's insane. There's been so many baseball players that have been voted into the Hall of Fame by this committee, and he's the first. It's a closer of all players. Isn't that nuts? It's really bizarre that Mo, not that he should have been unanimous, but with all the players from Ken Griffey Jr. to Babe Ruth, uh, the very first, I think actually the very, he was one of the first Hall of, actual Hall of Famers. Was he voted in by a, by the... Uh... I believe so. I think he was one of the first voted in guys, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Regardless, the fact that none of, no one in all that history, nearly 100 years of the Hall of Fame existing, didn't uh, get put in unanimously is probably the most baseball thing in the history of baseball. Um, that's how I would really define it. <laughs> uh, you know, and I could probably go on an endless rant of complain about old white men who write about golf and don't even watch baseball, but get to vote who's in the Hall of Fame or not. But instead, let's just celebrate Mo for his, you know, incredible career. I don't think anyone will end up surpassing him. Um, surpassing 100% of the vote? I don't think so. Well, no, in terms of his <laughs> career, it's like clearly the best relief pitcher. I just don't see... His longevity, in my opinion, is just way too uh, unique. Um... I just don't think uh, it, it, it's the once in a lifetime thing to see a guy be that good and that dumb and that effective for that long, basically because he ma- he, he's essentially the guy who mastered a pitch. He's the best and, failed starter of all time. Yeah, and but you know it's just never gonna happen again. I guess you can never say never, and crazy stuff always happens, and who knows? But you know he seems like one of the most unlikely guys. Uh, to ever be replicated in effectiveness, and um, I would only hope that Derek Jeter can match his unanimous vote next year. Uh, it doesn't seem so likely, but uh, you know, of, of course, I'm just super stoked about Rivera and the way that I've kind of seen this whole uh, Hall of Fame classes. We haven't even I haven't even mentioned the other guys yet. It's Mariano Rivera. Uh, this is well in order of vote percentage i i guess i'll say it was mariano rivera roy halliday edgar martinez and mike messina so if anything the way i see it this was the year that the baseball writers association essentially 
got a got a pass this year from from all of the fans that are normally upset about their decisions year in year out and now they've they've got a couple they've got a couple guys right that they've for some reason not voted in for a while in Messina and Martinez they got the two first ballot ones right so for now they're safe there's going to be plenty to talk about in in terms of you know hall of fame controversy that we've been talking about every year but right now they're they're in good standing temporarily uh but there there are some uh, grievances that I still have with the well the whole system is really dumb in my opinion but even with uh, individual players uh you know results i i still have some uh some questions for the the people making these these decisions people with a vote so uh I don't, let's let's just talk let's just talk about mo some more if, if you have any uh any like memories of his legacy in particular that you wanted to talk about or any stats that stood out to you or just anything anything about the yankee great Weirdly enough, the thing I remember him doing the most is him tearing his ACL, shagging balls in the outfield um, in 20, I think it was 2011. <laughs> what a pessimist. It, it says a lot about my character, um, <laughs> without a doubt, and cannot be surprising. It was actually 2012, my mistake. And 420, the Yankees had Raphael Soriano at the team at the time, so he was not severely missed. But this was a guy who was probably, what, like in his... Uh, I think he was around 40 at that time already, who just had a basically a fluky, potentially career-ending injury. And he still has an amazing season in 2013 after successfully rehabbing his knee. I mean, that's he didn't even have to do that. He could, you know, a lot of guys just would have retired right then and there and not gone through the extra, you know, pain and sweat and effort when they're already locked in as Hall of Famers mm-hmm. to pitch one more season. But he wanted to go out his way. And I think that kind of humble and just working class, almost blue-collar work ethic um, is something that Mariano Rivera always embraced. And you don't really see a lot of athletes of his magnitude have his such a introverted um, and just low-key personality these days, especially in American sports. But just going through his stats, I mean, they're truly absurd. 13-time All-Star, including his last season. Um five-time World Series champion, World Series MVP, which I think a closer is a World Series MVP is amazing in itself. ALCS MVP, five-time uh, five time relief man of the year in the AL, three-time delivery man in the year. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but he won it well, three times. Yeah. AL comeback player of the year, three-time MLB saves leader, most MLB saves in history, which I don't see that record ever being broken unless they change the definition of save to being, I don't know, inning pitched or something. Uh, New York Yankees, (laughs) number 42 retired, Monument Park honoree. That is a resume that anyone would be jealous to have. Uh, Yeah, I I would say so. And, of course, you know, just he he seems to be in the midst of every big moment. Well, I mean, the Yankees were in – you know like every big moment in the playoffs for a good stretch of time just because they were there all the time but Mariano Rivera was at the center whether it was the uh the good memories of you know Yankees 
prosperity and his team success. Of course, he had insanely good stats in the playoffs. I don't have those in front of me right now. He has 34 records in the MLB. 34. That sounds like a lot. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, um, what, what was I? What was I saying? Um, of, of course, you know he he does have a few a few of those moments too, where you know even on the rare occasion where he he does give up the you know the game winning base hit in you know the two thousand one World Series, or if he does you know give up what was it a game winning double to David Ortiz, you know there's he's always there like he's always in the spotlight and that's something that you know you kind of take for granted there's not a whole lot of people like that nowadays that are that you can think of as just always being in the spotlight it's 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 mo it's always been mo and now it is cemented really i mean we 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 had a a few years to kind of relish in the fact that he finished with numbers that really like you said, nobody's ever going to touch again unless, you know, something insane happens down the line. But, um, you know, now now we just get to celebrate, you know. It's, it's Most been a while. importantly, he had the best walk-up song or, I guess, uh, relief pitcher song of all time. Yeah, what do you call those? Walk-out songs? Is that... Walk-in songs? Walk. Are you walking out or are you walk, you're walking out of the bullpen walking into the field yeah i don't i don't know what you normally call it enter sandman yes that's that was the that's point that's all that matters <laughs> exactly um but yeah let's 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 move on from talking about mo i mean oh, I, do we I, have to i i don't want to because you know because it's mo but i feel like some of these other players are are just as deserving of our of our attention just because well in the case of Martinez and Racina they waited so long to get in even though they really should have been in before this year and then of course there's Roy Halladay also who is you know getting it on his first ballot and unfortunately passed away last year that's going to be a uh, a very sad speech to uh, to watch as he's inducted but of course he 100% deserves it one of the best right-handed pitchers of all time you know and especially of this era you, you know if you're talking about the hall of fame in context you know you, you can throw the numbers out there and you could make the case all you want but when you're the most arguably the most dominant of an era then you got to be in there that's it, it was plain yeah. and simple and they got it right so thank god it certainly helps that he's an eight-time all-star two-time Cy young winner Two-time MLB wins leader, pitched a perfect game, pitched a postseason no-hitter. I mean, certainly those help him um, as well. But, you know, one thing I thought was interesting, obviously his tragic death uh, adds a whole another aspect of it that I don't know if I'm prepared to truly or can truly understand or talk about in an appropriate manner. But the fact that his family requests him to go and is neither a Blue Jay or a Philly, I thought was really interesting, especially because he's on record as saying that he wanted to go on his Toronto as a Toronto Blue Jay. So I don't know if he changed his mind and told his family, or maybe they just didn't want to make the decision for him. But I, I kind of, if I was a Toronto Blue Jay fan, I think I would be a little melancholy because I think you know 
if you take you know, I know he had the perfect game and the no hitter with the Phillies, but really all his best seasons were basically with uh, Toronto. Essentially, I guess he did win the yeah. this first season with the Phillies. But I know this is not the right thing to harp on, uh, especially you know Selway being in the Hall of Fame and um, you know uh, his life. But it, I thought that was really interesting. I'm not gonna lie. I think it is what you said that I, I probably the family just didn't want to make the decision for him. You know, that's that's probably all it is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely, I I still think of him as a Blue Jay, even though some of those bigger moments were as a Philly. So you know, it it, it could go either way. Um, let's talk about. Mike Mussina next because oh we'll get to Edgar but I I do want to you know, transition to some of the other uh, Hall of Famers that are not on the ballot with or not being inducted this year with Edgar. Let's talk about Mussina first. Um, you know just just talk about the body of work and and just consistency. Like he he's the kind of Hall of Famer that. You know, he was never re- never really considered the best pitcher in the league at any point in time. But he was he was just always there doing his thing. You know, it, it, the, it's the, this is one of those cases where the body of work really does stand out above all else. And uh, it's a little, little bit different than some of the other guys that got in here. But uh, it is amazing that it took this long, really. You know, and part of that is just the, the janky voting system where you can only vote for 10 guys and all that nonsense yada yada but when when you think when i don't honestly i I didn't watch musina pitch much because he hasn't been in the league for a very long time but uh would you say the legacy is is more or less what i said is just that he's he's a horse he's a moose really he's not a horse so yeah, I mean, I think uh, I have a couple of quick hit points on this. First, I think uh, he's a pretty well-rounded guy uh, that I don't think people really realize. He uh, went to Stanford and graduated there with a degree in economics, which is kind of fascinating. I only see that for a lot of baseball players, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And I think you know your whole workforce thing is certainly correct. I actually do remember him, maybe not specific moments, but he was the Yankees' best pitcher when we – grew up essentially um oh, even yeah. they had Pettit, who you could have another conversation about if they should be in the hall of fame or not uh i always thought musina was better even growing up even if he didn't have the playoff accomplishments he just got really unlucky that his period on the Yankees was essentially uh when they were not winning world series between um dynasties as well as the fact that i think he just missed also some really great orioles teams i hope you're interested to see what team he decides to go into the Hall of Fame as as well. Uh, his best years are with the Orioles, but he's kind of best known as a Yankee. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but, you know, he's a guy I've always been harping on to get in for a long time. He's the classic guy who, like, the history of guys inducted makes him look really good. Even if I think, like, if the, if the Hall of Fame had started, like, in 2000, you know, he would not have been inducted, if that makes any sense. Well, he played uh, a lot before 2000, but no, no, I'm I guess, saying if like the Hall of Fame started yeah, inducting yeah. in 2000, yeah, like uh, that just picked a random year. 
Uh, okay. And he also pitched a lot of the season in the steroid era, which I don't think should be discounted. Um, so, you know, the issue with his induction, uh, I was kind of listening to this on um, TV today, was that how is he in, but Kurt Schilling and Roger Clemens aren't, regardless of the steroids. I mean, I don't want to get into this. I'm sure we'll be there in a second. Yeah. But, like, Kurt Schilling, all right, is definitely an equal player, essentially, statistically, at the very least, if not better. And so you're kind of wondering, you can get into whole debates, is this, is that guy's politics, for example, affect uh, him getting in? But, you know, it's just like another guy who, unfortunately, I think my point with this is his induction is only is really all about uh, everyone else and not him, in a sense. Does that make sense? Uh, I I guess you're saying like the biggest takeaways are why aren't these other players comparable to him also mm-hmm. in? And I think it, it's, yeah, it's I think it's sad, but that's just he's that kind of guy. He is, and it's because he is just you know a large body of work guy. You don't have memories like wow, I I remember when Messino was pitching like you knew it was lights out, like he was the best, uh, and like he's he wasn't Pedro, he wasn't Randy Johnson at any point in time. Like he's not that tier of Hall of Famer. Was it Roy Halladay? <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't Roy Halladay. There you go. Um, and, you know, that's, I guess, why it took so long. But, but, like, the overall numbers, you look at that and, like, that's a Hall of Fame resume right there. I mean, 270 wins, 3,562 innings pitched, uh, 2,813 strikeouts, career ERA of, like, 3.68, but a career whip of 1.19. And he, he just pitched forever, man. Like, he, he has... 82.9 baseball reference war, 82.2 uh, fan graphs war. Those, like, it's such a hard thing to do for that long, even though he didn't have that many dominant seasons in there. You know, when when you look at, you know, some of his, his best seasons, they weren't, like, you know, sub-2 ERA seasons where he's striking out 11 batters per nine innings or anything like that. It's just, he's a solid I guy. Other, I think the other thing is that... Um... Wait, I forgot my thought. Never mind. Okay, forget it. <laughs> all right, it's. I mean, it's all good. But yeah, you know, it is. There's a lot of uh, a lot of bias going into uh, some of the other comparable guys that aren't inducted yet. Oh yeah, okay, okay. I remember. It. I remember it now. Uh huh. I think he. Sorry, <laughs> not very professional. I think his induction is a big representation of the shifting voting patterns that you're going to see continually see develop. I think he's a classic guy who got in from a sabermetric and more data-oriented perspective and less of like a, like you said, eye test type of guy. He was not a big moments guy. He's a stats guy. And I think he's kind of a, he could be a, the catalyst in seeing the next big shift. And the, the real example of that is also in this class in Edgar Martinez, who I think really is the guy who people have been harping for years to deserve to get in as he is the best DH in history at bar this soon to be eligible with David Ortiz. And it was so weird for so long to have a guy who was clearly the best player in a position, even if it's DH, to not be in. Um, and I'm really happy he finally got in. More than anyone in this class, I'm really happy he got in. Because I think, I always thought he was a no-doubter who was getting continually snubbed. This is his 10th year. I think you only get 10 chances. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, I think this was his last year. Um, you know... And, and it's not like this was a week here either uh, of, of candidates. And it's really, it's really great to see him make it. 
uh, hopefully this will lead the way to the the fame, the Hall of Fame, uh, the Baseball Writers Committee, seeing DHs in a slightly different light. Um, but I love it. I love. It's great to see a guy with that great of a reputation finally um, be rewarded for it. I think it's really, really, really well deserved. And uh, I think, yeah, once again, the big takeaway is that he's a representation of a big shift in how you're going to see the committee starting to vote going forward. And uh, hopefully, Larry Walker in this tenth year can receive a similar boost because he really should be in it as well. Yes, please. It's ridiculous that he's not in the Hall of Fame just because he played at Coors Field. Like, I don't know how you can penalize a guy. I mean, arguably more than steroids at this point. By that logic, no one plays. plays in Colorado will ever make it to the Hall of Fame. Essentially, that's basically what they're going to say. Unless they're an unbelievable no doubter, any borderline or. Um, you know, not all-time great candidate is going to get screwed because of that, which is really bizarre when you really think about it. It's like a very, it's like it makes sense at the surface layer, but then when you really analyze it and for any period of time in any way, it's fascinating stupid. Because first of all, Colorado is not the only park that's given hitters advantage. Like, just nine off the bat. Yeah. I mean, by that logic, no one who's played at Yankee Stadium, either of them should ever get in because of the short right porch. Yeah, do you think, do you think way, anybody has way, ever talked about Babe Ruth's, like, park factor adjusted yeah. stats and whether or not he should be a Hall of Famer? I mean, hell, Fenway still exists. Fenway is bizarre <laughs> dimensions. Certainly have a statistical effect. I mean, it's really, really strange. And... You can't, I mean, if you're going to be that biased to a location, I mean, I don't think you should be allowed to be voting because it's such a – it's a truly backwards mindset of analyzing the sport that I think should be unacceptable. And, you know, I honestly – you probably you, – I'm going to give this to you. You probably know why you should be in the Hall of Fame better than I am. I, I, I can tell the stats are good. I probably can't have a, as good of a statistical argument as you may, but I, I know this enough guys that I know and read and respect have said that he should be clearly in it. For me, it's to understand that he's getting stunned repeatedly. Oh yeah, and they're not—they're not just good; they're really good. And this is kind of how it ties back into Edgar's whole you know, year after year snub, which is just ridiculous because you know he's the best DH eligible DH on the Hall of Fame ballot of all time. And this man hit 312, 418 on base, 515 slugging for his career. That's that's a 300, 400, 500 slash line. That's such a hard thing to do. Regard like, if you do it in a single season, it's incredibly impressive. This guy did it over how uh, how many seasons was it that that Edgar played? You know, over over a a sizable career. So this is. You know, you don't even have to look really beyond that. You know, of course, there there's other factors that come into play. But if you can look at that and then you still decide, I don't know if it's Hall of Fame worthy, then you're just ridiculous. And uh, Larry Walker, let me uh, if it wasn't clear already, 313 batting average, 400 on base, 565 slugging. That's a 300, 400, 500 hitter. And he's he's just kicking around in in the voters minds like uh you know Coors Field though yeah so what the guy the guy took advantage of a ballpark in in an environment that you know the air is thinner he can hit the ball further on a regular basis so be it but he didn't just like 
you know, he wasn't just a good hitter. He was a great hitter. Boy, did he take advantage of it. Some of his peak years were just ridiculous. You know, the batting average is going to be inflated by Coors Field. Uh, why aren't players hitting 366, 379 he hit in 1999? Why is nobody doing that nowadays? Is it because they're, they're just no more good hitters in baseball? I, I don't know. I think it's just because Larry Walker was so insanely good that he, he, he hit 379 in a hitter-friendly ballpark, and you're going to penalize him for that. Like, he was also an all-star in Montreal before he even got to Colorado, which people love to ignore. Um, I, I, do you have anything else on that, or do you mind no, if I have a couple just, other quick hitters? It's, but yeah, it's, it's, even it's, just the face value is, I think, is enough. I think he might really seriously get in next year because it's a really weak class. I forgot there was maybe one guy people said was a clear-cut person. I, I think it was Cheater, but except for him, they took a pretty – everyone said they're uh, – I, I haven't actually seen what the class is, but I heard um, no one else. Yeah, so, I forget who it was also. I, I don't think uh, – I think that's his best chance. He has 54.6% of the vote. I mean, I think uh, – I'm kind of curious what these guys – uh, went up to that guy in this year, uh, in Messina and Edgar. Uh, but before, as I looked that up, well, I think oh, a couple, are, are you talking about voting change? Like percentage yeah, yeah, wise, yeah. I have that. Edgar was up plus fifteen percent from okay. last year. Messina up thirteen point two percent. And um, Walk, oh, uh, Larry Walker, yeah. Larry Walker was actually up twenty point five percent. So if he has a similar jump, he's in. Like that's yeah, that's okay. So. I mean, there's a chance. I think time is just not on his side. He only has one more season. I could see, I could really see him being a guy when like we're in our fifties, and like we like find out Larry Walker has been inducted by like the veterans committee using like their minds or something. Yes. Because I think that's how voting will be done in thirty years. Uh, gee, I hope uh, so. Sorry, what was that? I said, gee, I, I hope so. Yeah, and. uh it's sad. The other, the other kind of quick hitters I had that I thought were interesting um, was I think it's like interesting how little love like Andrew Jones, for example, gets. I'm not saying he's definitely a Hall of Famer, but I mean that guy has some insane like credentials um, to get 32 votes, considering he's a five-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove with 434 home runs. He Silver Slugger. Hank Aaron Award, home run leader, RBI leader, Braves Hall of Fame. I mean, I mean that's definitely better than some guys in the Hall of Fame. Gary Sheffield, I assume people hate because of a steroid suspicion. Oh, uh, yeah. See it. Like him Manny and Sosa and Manny. Yeah. I mean, uh, the guy who's, who voted for Placido Polanco should be banned 100%. I don't care how good his fielding percentage is. That's just absurd. Oh, no, uh, not just one. There were two of them. I know. Those guys should be stripped. Billy Wagner should be in the Hall of Fame, probably, honestly. Uh, I think I, I, it's unfortunate he's, he's a reliever because he's probably getting screwed for that. I don't know if his stat's really that much worse than Trevor Hoffman's in the end, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting Scott Rowland to get so little. I don't know if he's probably not a clear Hall of Famer, but it is interesting that gets very little support. It's interesting how many guys just don't fill their ballot with the 10 spots available. Um, Michael Young getting nine. I kind of feel bad for That's a guy who's in the hall very good for sure. Same like Roy Oswalt, uh, Lance Berkman. Uh, but 
you know, I think the big the big thing is the guys who got the uh, top three votes who didn't make it, which is Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, and Barry Bonds. And those guys, this is now their seventh year for all three three more chances. It's a ticking clock. Kurt Schilling is clearly only held back, in my opinion, by his political views. I think they're disgusting. But is that are they is there uh, is he a malicious enough human being that he should be banned, not essentially elected for the Hall of Fame? Uh, when his merit clearly is there because of that, I think no. I think the Hall of Fame is not for the Hall of morally righteous human beings. It's not that Hall of Fame. It's for baseball, and he's a Hall of Fame baseball player. He should be in. Bonds and Clemens, we can talk about this forever, and we've talked about it before. The fact of the matter is they didn't take the steroids when it was illegal. I don't think it should be simpler. I don't think it, I think that's all that should matter. I think they're going to run out of time. I don't think they'll make it unless it's – if they do, it'll be year 10 when it's a last hurrah, and a lot of people just say, fuck it. But that's their only chance, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's it's so hard to to really rationalize steroids, but then you just have to remember that, like, they weren't... They, I, they were enhancing their performance, but they weren't breaking, explicitly breaking rules. Like, that That didn't happen. <laughs> they didn't get suspended for, for taking steroids while playing the game of baseball. It was a whole... The whole issue with the era, I'm like Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame. If if you have if you take issue with the era, take issue with that. Um, there's there's a lot of other problems there. That's a good one. I like but, that. But the fact is, like, they they were doing what they thought was best for them. Don't I'm not even gonna call into question the uh, like the quality of their character based on them taking performance enhancing drugs. But they didn't break the rules. Like, it's not like Pete Rose. Like, oh, but Pete Rose is in the Hall of Famer. Pete Rose gambled on the game of baseball while he was working in baseball. Like, that you, that you can't do that. Like, he got caught and he got punished for it. Like, Manny Ramirez is never going to be a Hall of Famer because he got caught, like, three times since yeah. steroids were explicitly illegal. So, I think he got caught three times in the past week. Yeah, like it was it was a weekly basis it seemed. Like even like in the middle of one suspension, oh, he got caught again. Like what is this guy doing? He doesn't even what why is he still taking them? Like what it's uh it's different. You know, Nelson Cruz is not going to be a Hall of Famer. Like Robinson Cano won't be a Hall of Famer, which really sucks, but like that's just how it is. Like you break the rules, not in the Hall of Fame. But if you just so happen to be the best player of a generation and possibly put up the best numbers of all time, in an era that's, you know, sort of tainted by this, by this stigma of, you know, unfairness, it really can't be their fault. Like, it can't, because it wasn't against the rules. I I don't know. That's, that's all I had to say about that. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll uh, talk about the Hall of Fame more, I guess, probably when the award ceremonies happen. And other than that, pretty much just when, uh, when we roll back around to this point in the offseason next year, and it's the only news in the cycle, and we'll be talking about Derek Jeter, and I'm sure I'm, there must be at least one other first ballot Hall of Famer next year, right? Am I just forgetting about somebody? It's easy enough to look uh, up. Let's see. Let's do, 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 do. We're doing on-the-spot on <laughs> research, everybody. Um... This is this is yeah. 
All right, here we go. Uh, Sean uh, Sean Figgins, got it. Bobby Abreu. I guess not. Not happening. I guess it was just Raphael Furcal, Cliff Lee, Eric Chavez, Josh Beckett, Brian Roberts, Alfonso Soriano, Carlos Pena, Paul Canerco. Paul, very good for sure, Paul Canerco. Marco Scudero, Brad Penny, Raul Abanez, Jason Bartlett. Wow, Jason Bartlett is on this list. That is incredible. Adam Dunn, Lyle Overbay, J.J. Putz, Jose Valverde, Ryan Ludwig, Alex Gonzalez, Jamie Wright, Joe Saunders, Nate McLeod, Heath Bell, and Kyle Fornsworth. Wow, those are some throwback names. I love it. It's definitely going to be only Jared Cheater. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was my that was my bad. I thought there was one other one. I guess not. Jason Giambi um, as well. I don't know if I said that. Um, yeah. How did he, he play that? He long? might be. Who did he play that long for? <laughs> yeah, who was who was still running Jason Giambi out there? Is that, that one is on the Indians for like three years as like a player coach. Do you think Marco Scudero can make the Hall of get a Hall of Fame vote just for having one? insane world se- one postseason run for the Giants. If Placido Polanco got two, anyone on this list can get a Hall of Fame vote. I think GJ Putz gets six if Placido Polanco got two. You know, I'm really I disappointed mean, that none of the voters this year even threw Jason Bay a single vote just for the <laughs> memes. I would have I would have loved that person. Even though it would be ridiculous, I would have loved it. Jason Bay, you deserved one Hall of Fame vote. That's that's my decision on that. I would have voted. Probably not, right. but I I would have I would have really wanted to. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, finish things off there. And like I said, we'll record and podcast once the news actually picks up this off season. Do once Machado, and... <laughs> yes, po- poking the lifeless corpse of the uh, the MLB off season right now, and. Uh, yeah, but we will for sure be talking about Machado and Harper and Kimbrell if and when they sign anywhere. Uh, but in the meantime, go ahead and check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. I'm working on updating it for the new year and actually already have new fantasy baseball rankings out. So if you're into that, go ahead and check it out there. And also make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at beattheshiftbp. Uh, we are going to be getting back in the swing with that as well, and you can connect with us and let us know what you think. Do all that good stuff there. So beat the shift BP uh, for all that. So thank you, everybody, one last time for joining us. As always, Rude. Peace. Be astronauts, be champions, be true.